Hello, welcome to Oscar Grouches, an Academy Award analysis where we discuss past Oscars and future predictions. Today is a Thunderdome episode. We will be pitting past winners against each other until we have one final winner. Um, we'll be doing this over the last 10 years, and so we'll have 10 winners, and 10 will go in, only one will come out. There's no second place for this. Today we are doing the category for Best Supporting Actor. Of the last 10 years, specifically the 81st and the 90th Academy Awards. So let's get started. Hi everyone, I'm your host Nick, along with my other host here, Tyler. Hello. Hi. So what we're going to be doing is, in this first round, we're going to be discussing basically pairing up the two uh, the two Oscar winners and deciding who of these two is better than the other one, and they'll be moving on from round one to round two. All right, let's start. Okay, so round one, so it's elimination style. We have Mahershala Ali versus Sam Rockwell. Sweet. Okay, so Mahershala Ali was in Moonlight, specifically yes. the first third. And, and then we have Sam Rockwell, who's in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, so let's start by talking about Sam Rockwell's performance. Um... This is definitely a, a more is more situation. I yeah. feel like, you know what I mean? Like, and it was good. It was, well, that's what the whole movie was, is more is more. I guess that's true. But it was, it almost felt like it wasn't even. It's their whole theme. Really. Tell is. Anger <laughs> gets anger. I know, I know, I know. They really <laughs> hammered that home. Um, but I feel like it, um, I mean, obviously he gives so much here and it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot going on there. His character's very well defined. He definitely never lacks energy or passion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would say though, yeah, I, I would have liked for him to pull back on some things. And I think just with the amount he was in the movie, it didn't really feel like a supporting role in general. So that kind of put a damper on it as well. Yeah, I mean, okay, so like what I did see, which, you know, he was in the entire movie. Um, uh, I don't really, I don't really know. Uh, the thing is, is that a lot he did a lot with what he was given. But the thing is, all the characters in that movie didn't really act like real people. So a lot of the time, I was like, okay, I, I, I get it, I get it. I'm still not really understanding why this character is so angry. But Sam Rockwell is good at acting angry. He's done it in all of his other movies too. It was just, uh, I don't know. Well, a part of me, I think, what hurts it is I. The writing for this character is a little forced. You not know, even like, forced. It's just, to me, it's just like nothing. There's so much, I mean, what do you mean by nothing? It's just, I just felt no particular emotions from him until the very end when he started crying. You know, when he was sitting on the ground talking to Mildred and just like, you know, crying into the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I... Yeah, and I, I felt like the journey that they wanted me to go on with him, and this is kind of the writer's fault, not his. Um, yeah. I say writers, I mean one, um, Martin McDonough. But he, um, <laughs> I feel like the way he goes into it is so aggressive and so forced, and it's so obvious what he's trying to do, and be like, they're racist with a heart of gold, and it's a little much, and it's a little boring. Um, mm-hmm. That's not his fault, though. I don't blame Sam for that. I mean, yeah. he, he did me, well. I just It wasn't like... To me, the reason why he won is because the movie was so actor-driven. And it, to me, I feel like if it didn't have Sam Rockwell, and in particular Frances McDormand, I feel like the movie would have been a disaster. Well, yeah, it's definitely more of a, uh, an actor-character-driven film. Yeah. But with just his performance alone, that's kind of my thoughts on it. That's his performance alone. Um, so then moving on to Mahershala Ali for Moonlight. Fantastic. Well, yeah. I, well, and that's, I think that's why I said more is more with Sam Rockwell, because I was like... 
less is more. Yeah. You know, like, because it's... So, <laughs> Tyler and I have each seen this, b- both of these movies twice, and only twice, unless you've seen Moonlight. No, it was just this... Uh, yeah, it was once, just the two times. Once through was for us to just go see it for our enjoyment, and the other was to analyze these two actors in particular. And so with Mahershala, knowing what was happening in the plot and watching how he acted, you could see decision-making on his face which I really, really appreciated. And we talked about this too, where when people say, if you can't get it, if you can't understand a character's motivations in the first run through, then it's not a good performance. But then to me, that makes no sense because like for me watching his performance the second time, if you pick up on a nuance the first round through, then it's not a nuance. It's just in your face. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, I, I do think that Moonlight deserves a second watch, and yeah. I do think that good art always deserves a second look. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and first watch, I thought it was great. Second watch, I thought it was, like, a masterpiece. Yeah. You know, and I... Like, I'm going to compare both their performances to how I've seen them react in interviews and in real life, and to me, Mahershala plays Juan, and there were just so many changes from his normal physicality to Juan. Like, the walk is completely different. He has this, oh, yeah, like, he's got a total badass macho gait. Well, and I mean, just... That he just maintains. And if we time. want to talk about doing the Heart of Gold thing here, I felt like Moonlight did it to an extent as well, because he was like a drug dealer with a Heart of Gold. But I felt like... <laughs> Which is just like the hooker with a Heart of Gold. Yeah, but I felt like the whole, like... Bad people who are deep down just good. Yeah, but I, I didn't bother me with this one just because like it, they did it so subtly you know what I mean it and wasn't they were was, not and, forcing that transformation on you and Sam was just so in your face and loud and he never gets really a moment to fully redeem the things he's done wrong it's like this is what you have and I guess that's you know yeah. we're, we're drifting a little too much far into the writing but with his performance specifically like I mean just the things that are understated the things the emotions on his face and just like the the intimate moments. You see with, him purse his lips when he's thinking. You with, see when he talk when he confronts Chiron's mom, just the shock on his face when he realizes, Oh my god, I actually don't know this little kid and I take him into my house every single day. Yeah, and the just, and I think how he handles such delicate issues. Mm-hmm. The scene where he tells him, like, you might be gay, I don't know. Oh, and, it's and he so, breaks down crying, but hold it in. You told me. You hold it in. If you want to... Impress someone, cry. If you want to move someone, hold it in. Yes. And I oh. feel like that's exactly what he does there. And I think it's... He does so much with so... He's not really hardly in this movie, you know? And He I, is in... 30, like 36 minutes, maybe. Yeah, and it's, and that's, and even in those 36 minutes, a lot of that is focused not on him, like he's not there, you know, so it's, it's, it's such a deserving performance, and I like that the Academy acknowledged it, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times they need the person who screamed, they need the person who cried. Which is what, to me, what Sam did. Yeah, and it's like. Sam just ticked off all the little boxes you need to win the Oscar. I feel like we already know who won this round. Of course. To me, it is obviously Mahershala. Yeah, Ali wins this round. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Sam Rockwell. I love you. Seven Psychopaths was amazing. But, yeah, I think... Not enough growth that I need to justify you beating Mahershala. Yeah, it was... Well, I think it just... It says a lot that Mahershala took me on this journey within that small amount of time, whereas Sam Rockwell had the whole film. Yeah. Um, and I didn't... He was more... He like, I mean, actually... Because, like, wasn't it at the Golden Globes? Um, Woody Harrelson was a lead actor, and then he was supporting? Mm, no. Uh, sorry. Damn. I mean, I'm not that sorry. You should just know. That's, <laughs> that's on the recording now. I look like an idiot. Yeah. No, no, everyone knows. Next okay. round. 
Too late. Um, so we got now, uh, so um, we got Mark Rylance okay. versus, um, when Mark Rylance was in uh, Bridge of Spies, uh, hashtag Mark Ruff, because we had Mark <laughs> Ruffalo nominated that year, and a lot of people for a split second thought he'd won. And then um, J.K. Simmons in Ooh, Whiplash. Ooh, okay. Okay. This one, yeah, okay, so let's start with my garlands. Okay, so I watched this movie with you pretty recently, mm-hmm. and my first takeaway was this was dumb. But I had time to ruminate on it because... British Spice? No, 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 just his his acting and why he won. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then again, the reason why I thought it was dumb was I went into it with that little tick boxing that I just mentioned for Sam, and being like, he didn't get this, 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 or this. But now when we're thinking about, like, Mahershala, there's just so... It's all nuanced stuff. It's a, it is a very understated performance. Like, and it I was think almost it, in the case with, like, Anthony Hopkins winning his Oscar. I tried to, like, think about it. I don't remember him changing his facial expression at all. I don't remember him blinking or doing anything. And I'm like, that takes a lot. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I think... keep that. Well, yeah, because he... <laughs> He has. He doesn't really ever let you fully in. Yeah. But you see, at the end, him make the decision to mm-hmm. help Tom Hanks' character, who I can't remember his name, but like to help him because they're trying to get that other yeah. guy home. And I think it, there is stuff going on there. And this was. I mean, it should be stated this was a win that really people didn't see coming. He won a lot of the precursor Did he awards. Any other precursor I don't think so. It was going to Idris Elba and um, Sylvester Stallone. Okay. So, you know, like, we weren't really expecting it. Um, I will admit, I didn't even watch this by the time the first Oscars happened. Yeah, was that and the first time you watched it with me? Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, I had to go Very back. Very good movie, by the way. If no one has oh, seen yeah, it. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's a little good. cheesy, but I mean, you know, Spielberg. It's Spielberg. Anyway, but not in the movie, acting. Um, so, like, he... Yeah, I mean, like, it's a very detailed character. He's very cool. You know, like, I know that was a really great adjective there. Um, he's very... There's something um, so mysterious about him that makes you want to learn more because we're dealing with a Russian spy. Yeah. You know, it's like a Russian spy eyes. that you're honestly rooting for the whole film. Yeah. Um, and you're like, why am I rooting for this Russian spy? I've seen, now at this point, I've seen Mark Rylance in two other movies, Dunkirk and um, Ready Player One. And comparing it to this movie. God, that's him Ready Player yeah, One. Yeah. He, his acting is all in his eyes. Wait, he does so much. Well, he's a very accomplished uh, stage actor as well. Yeah. And so it's... Um, but it's like, you know, in stage acting, you focus more on... Like, because like, the audience is far away. Well, he does a lot of classical stuff, too. But anyway, he does he does so much with so little in that performance. And it was it was really fantastic. Yeah. I, I really liked it. Um, um, all the speeches that he had to give, like the one where he's talking about um, the man who was said to stand up, like just stand... Where he said he kept standing back up. I was moved by that, and I swear oh, to God, yeah. I don't, I couldn't see. It was that for that. It was just his voice, his inflections, and his eyes. When I was getting like nothing from his face, but the fact that he could still do that makes me think, like, damn. Well, he <laughs> didn't oversell anything, and no. I think that that's what I liked about it so much. Yeah. Is he wasn't. It was definitely not a performance at any point that I felt like he thought this was his Oscar. Yeah, and also, you know, like, all those lists where they're just like, oh, like, they have to make me cry, they can't be funny, oh, they can't do all this yeah, shit. that's dumb. Mark Rylance basically proved all that wrong. Oh, yeah, because he came in, and I think that Rahushala Ali did as well. Whereas um, compared to our next person, J.K. Simmons. Well, yeah, this is, we do have, like, the first two rounds were very much, like, polar opposite performances. It is comparing the subtlety versus the in-your-faceness of Oscar wins. Yeah, because, like, J.K. Simmons came screaming mm-hmm. into this Oscar I, win. 
love J.K. Simmons a lot. Oh Ever no, since Juno, he's now, a brilliant both Ju- actor. Both like, of Juno's parents have Oscars. Yes, it's awesome. But <laughs> he, uh, I mean, at first when it was starting, I was a little bit like, okay, so you're an asshole. Congratulations on your yeah. performance. But he's an asshole in lots of things. Well, yeah, but I think it was the way that he handled that sort of um, abusive relationship between, like, artist and coach. Oh. I um, thought it was so realistic. Um, as a stipulation, I have only seen this movie once, and it is when it came out. So okay. So my take on it is from four years ago, so I'm going to try my best to remember. Um, but yeah, I just, I felt like... To me, I, now that I, like, ruminate on it, I loved that movie a lot. I loved him in it. But I felt like just compared to his other roles in this one, he was just more of an asshole and elevated it <laughs> with physicality. I understand that to some extent, but I feel like the the devil's in the details here, and I feel like his performance when he would have to try to be nice to pull something out of him, mm-hmm. which he does multiple times. And then you know, like, takes it back and uses that information against him. Yeah, it, and, the, you know, like, that to me is just very realistic in the way he handles it so real. The way he makes him open up. And for a second, you start to get into it, too. You're like, is he good? And oh, his performance is so believable. He takes you on that journey so quickly. And, like, I don't even like his performance for the screaming scenes. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's the other ones. Or the scene at the bar at the end when he's saying, like, he really is so delusional mm-hmm. that he really believes that what he's doing is right and is good for these people. And it's so messed up. And he you're believes like, that he's moving them. Yeah, and like but in fact, I mean, the whole a big plot of the movie is that he didn't actually move his greatest pupil; he destroyed him. Well, yeah, because you, yeah, you find out that he was responsible. And when for he it. figured that out, I remember what he looked like when he broke down. Yeah, it was. I mean, it it was a great performance in those ways of just seeing someone who really doesn't understand who they are or their presence in this world. You know, like yeah. and how he believed it. You know, but like as a viewer, you're like, how are you? how are you saying these things and your mouth isn't just overflowing with shit, you know, but like, but he believed it so much. So I think that that's like what made it good. Mm-hmm. I don't really care that he can scream and be mean because yeah, like understand. anyone can do that. That's easy. But it's to, to get those little tiny details in. But to me, it says a lot when I was more scared of him when he's talking to what the main character's name's like Fletcher or something. Yeah, whatever. And he's just like, are you, um, what do you say? Are you leading or are you dragging? And he wasn't screaming, but I was so scared of him in that oh, moment. Oh, yeah. The quiet stuff is always scary. He knows how to master a quiet fear. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm like, oh like, my god. <laughs> I feel like we need to come to a decision with this. Well, to, um, well, I have an answer. I don't know what yours is, and we might just have to battle it out. Um, okay, I also have an answer, but I'm not sure if it's like a for a great reason. It's more of just like, not even a personal reason. What's your answer? My answer is JK. Oh, that was my turn. Oh, thank God. Yeah, no. I... <laughs> to me, while the fa- I made my decision in like the last split second when I said that if JK Simmons can also, like what Mark Rylance did, master the quiet moments in his film that's all about loud jazz music, which is the same thing that Mark Rylance did, and he elevated every other thing too, then he deserves to forward yeah he did a really great job yeah. i i think that that is the right answer i love them both but has jk simmons been in anything recently i don't know uh well i mean who's in la land okay. um okay We're so now we have, jazz guy. <laughs> I, 
Okay, um, who's next? So now we have uh, Jared Leto uh-huh. from Dallas Buyers Club uh-huh. and Christoph Waltz in Django Unchained. Okay. Not from Glorious Bastard. That's Which later. we will also cover so in this podcast. So we're just dealing with Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club and Christoph Waltz in Django Unchained. Okay, so I love... So we got to start with Jared. I love Jared Leto. I've loved him ever since I was in high school. I don't like him at all. I know. So here we are. <laughs> I think he is an asshole. He is abusive oh, on set. He, yes, he is. He but I love sexually him. harassed cast members. It's a douchebag. But we're talking about his performance and he's not his the, personality. He's the lead singer in 30 Seconds from Mars, which helped me realize that I was not only a little homo, but also because it was just like, it just made me feel things, which is something that he did in this movie. Okay. Which, okay, yeah. We're talking about the performance. This is also tricky. Waters, to be choppy waters, whatever you want to call it. Um, playing a trans actor? Well, yeah, because he was playing a trans person. And I actually, when I saw the movie, I didn't... Even get it wasn't until later in interviews and stuff where they said that the character was transsexual. I thought that oh, no, yeah, I thought he was playing a transvestite. No, yeah, um, Ram, um, I believe is um, a transgender. Well, no, they've said it since. Yeah, no, it's yeah. She is the Which character the is time, a woman is a trans woman. Which at the time, I even that's like what five years ago at this point wasn't as taboo of a topic. As People were now. talking about it then, though. Okay. Yeah. No, the world we're still talking about like and. So there's there's some troubling elements there, but if it if we're just trying to put it aside and be like, how did Jared Leto perform versus like, was it cool mm-hmm. to put him in this role? Also, was his performance, you know, like in some ways hurting the larger community? Mm-hmm. So but if we're just knows, talking about the performance. Yeah, everyone knows by now that he is a method actor, like cons cons, cons what do you call it? Comparable to like Daniel Day Lewis, who will only show up to set. But Daniel Day Lewis isn't. A abusive. Dick about it. Yeah. And I think that that's the difference. But it's, um, I mean, okay, so let's just like let's try aside, to focus on just performance. I mean, obviously, he was amazing. I mean, he like transformed the, his body. He only introduced himself as Rayon, who I, all, I understood Rayon and like all of her little intricacies. She yes. would just like stare off into the distance because she's just so emaciated. Well, yeah. And there was, I mean, there was so much like heart and pain. You know, like, because she had so much warmth. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it just felt so physically weak. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and trying to fight through this is a very strong person that she was. And I think, I mean, the scene when they're taking her to the hospital and it's probably going to be the last time she's not going to come out, you know, and she says, like, I don't want to die. And there's, like, a oh, beautiful price bit bubble. Yeah. You know what I mean? That happens. And I was like, oh, you're, this is Oscar-winning bodily functions. Yeah. And I'm like, great. I mean, I don't care that... Jared Leto transformed his body. I don't feel like losing weight makes you a good actor. Um, but I remember do Remember, he also gained weight for that one role, which I don't even remember the name of the movie. I just don't care if you starved yourself. Like, it's not impressive. <laughs> um, but it's... It, but it, like, was a, it was a great performance. I mean, there's really no way around it. Like, it was... Like, the voice changed. The physicality changed. Oh, yeah. I was I mean, still moved by every speech, especially the one where, he, where she met his dad. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, it was... It was a really touching performance that at first, when Jared Leto came on, I was like, I'm annoyed because I thought it was going to be too campy or something, you know, um, cause there's a lot of adjectives he's playing at Well, first. he's never made a good movie since. Yeah. And it's... Like in Blade Runner, who's the worst part? Okay. I do remember now. Like, blind, right? Yeah. yeah. Blind guy is okay. just like, Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is that like he... 
he did a great job in this role, despite the fact that there are a lot of questionable things that he's done in his career, and there's a lot of questionable moments of having cast him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good performance. Uh, we should move on, though, because I feel like Jared Leto got way too much of my time. Uh, so <laughs> I still love him. <laughs> I know, and I I fight you for that. Um, uh, Christoph Waltz in uh, Django Unchained. All right, so I just I watched Django Unchained for the first time a few weeks ago, and I thought it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. It was really good, and I I'm a baby when it comes to his like performance, gore, but yeah, it was just just compared to other things in the movie, and also I don't want to compare it to his Inglorious Bastards role, but it's just not. But you're going to. It's just not. <laughs> yeah. It's just not up to par. Yeah, and I I I think. I didn't really know what angle he was going for. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't... I was actually surprised when he won just because I I didn't understand what was so interesting about the person he created. I didn't understand what was happening exactly that made it an Oscar-winning performance. Nothing was jumping out at the page for me. And I think he's a brilliant actor. And I think that's why I was sort of annoyed. I felt like he was resting on, oh, this is a really great script. I got a cool German accent. Here we go. Well, he you know, has like, a German accent. I know, exactly. And I think that like sometimes that just distracts people who are voting because yeah. it, it wasn't very interesting. I don't, I don't want to just say that this win was undeserved, but it's just the fact that Leo didn't even get a nomination, yeah, let Le- alone win. Leo definitely stood out <laughs> more in that film. And, you know, I don't even really like him, but it's yeah. he definitely stood like, out more. That's but then, a, uh, we got to think about other people who are nominated this year, too, because you have, like, Robert De Niro's amazing performance in Silver Lightning's Playbook. It was very good. Um, that one scene where he starts calling Pat a loser was when he was, like, holding back tears at the same time somewhere escaping. I loved it. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master was really great. I never saw it, unfortunately. Tommy Lee Jones in Lincoln. Ah! Uh, I thought, wasn't he, like, projected to win? Well, yeah, he had won the uh, Screen Actors Guild. Okay. And uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman won the Critics' Choice. Who was the last character? And then, uh... Alan Arkin and Argo. Oh my god. Talk about a waste of a nomination. <laughs> if anyone didn't hear my Alan Arkin angry Argo. mumble there, like Alan Arkin. I just, I didn't understand because I really honestly thought John Goodman was wonderful in that film. Men, but and we'll get that. We'll get to that at another time. Yeah, that's not this episode. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So I feel like uh, you, I feel like I know who you are voting oh, Jared. for. Yeah, Jared Little. And I, again, I don't really even like him, so it's annoying to be like, here you go, but if I'm just... Per- it's like, just weird just because the reasons their- why I say he should win, everyone says that's bullcrap. And I'm like, it's because of the whole transform- transformative aspect, but it's because of who he was transforming into. Oh, I feel like transfor- transformation in terms of like what you did with your posture, what you did with your voice, that's reason... Vote for someone, yeah. Um, when when we talk about transformation, with the fact that he lost a shit ton of weight, weight, I don't care. Okay. You know what I mean? Like to me, you putting your body in peril is. <laughs> you shouldn't be rewarded for when there are actual people who are starving right, on this planet. Right, right, you know what right. I mean? Like when people can you? I mean, I can't imagine being a person seeing this when I'm actually hungry. Someone starving themselves for a role, and it's like, no, you just be good at acting, yeah. and that'll take care of it. You know, like just do your job. Don't starve yourself and that's not just him that's so many people before him but right. Um, right so jared wins moving on jared got a one uh now we have christopher Plummer in, the oh, beginner, in beginners beginners yes know that 
and Christian Bale in The Fighter. Okay, so Christopher Plummer is, like, hardly in this film. So it makes it really difficult to be, like, how are you? It's almost, it's comparable to Mahershala Ali. With how much he's in it, and also how subtle the performance is. And they, well, they montage him a lot. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. he just kind of flies by so many scenes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, where's, I want, I wanted more. I really did. And I guess maybe that's, and maybe that's credit to his performance. But I, I wanted to see more. Yeah. I thought he, um. Mm-hmm. I watched this movie for the first time with you as well. And I personally thought I needed to watch it again. Because I feel like with Mahershala, I missed all the nuances. But on the first watch, just seeing, like, just going on, like, how I just emotionally reacted to the performance, I thought it was just very underwhelming and blah. Well, yeah, and I I did like it. You know, like, any scene he was in, I thought he did his job, he did correctly. And I don't even really, I don't have anything to say negative about what he did. It's just... But that's the thing. To me, what did he do? It's, well, no, and I... I mean, I felt like there was a lot of vulnerability there. It was a lot of... But to me, you can also... It says, like, when I think of, like, if someone stole a scene, you can steal a scene without being loud and obnoxious. You can steal a scene with vulnerability. And I never felt like he was ever the star of a scene. I disagree. I felt like he stole the movie. Because I felt like... And I mean, he did, really. Because when you think about beginners, didn't really get any recognition except for Christopher Plummer's performance. It was nominated for screenplay, I believe. What, uh, maybe? Maybe? I don't remember. Uh, we'll um, have to check. So, but I think it just, it, it's sort of like if I went to a restaurant and I got like this really tiny small thing that was really good, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I can't really assess it because I didn't get enough time with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was one bite and now it's gone mm-hmm. and I need another bite to really get an idea of what it is. Um, and I, I didn't get that. And I, because I, I do think that like he handled such... It was like those little subtleties and just like how he's avoiding having to tell anyone about his death, mm-hmm. about how, about how, you know, how he's about to die and how he doesn't want to um, address these issues and he just wants to live his life. And I thought he was handling that storytelling so well. I just wanted more mm-hmm. of him and just him. Like I wanted to see a scene where he was alone without his son there. That was, I mean, that was just kind of the film, though, was yeah. it was all sort of from Ewan McGregor's perspective. Yeah. I didn't... That's the thing, is I feel like assessing this, it's more like an incomplete. Like, we can't really give it a grade. I know, and it's hard. It's a hard one. You're like, you weren't really there. You weren't really yeah. in this Who movie. Who was he going up against? Oh, Laurence Olivier, My Week with Marilyn. Um, Lawrence not Laurence Olivier. Olivier. Sorry, Kenneth Branagh was playing like Laurence Olivier. Dead. Yeah, he's totally... <laughs> No, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh was playing Laurence Olivier. Um, that's confusing. Uh, Jonah Hill in Moneyball. Okay. Uh, Nick Nolte in Warrior. Okay. And uh, Max Vincido. That, that, that I don't know that Cido. name. It's sure. All, he's Ollivander's from the Harry Potter series. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So extremely... No, he's not. John Hurt's Ollivander. He is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's also dead. I thought Max Vincido's totally in um, the Harry Potter series. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. He... Okay. Yeah, Sorry. he's Ollivander. No. Hold on. Yes. Well, now I'm just like really needing to get this solved. Right? No, he's not in Harry Potter. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, sorry. Okay. He's on. But he looks like him. Look at that. 
No, I agree with you, but it's John Hurt, so like, there's not really much to be done about that. I like John Hurt. He's that... He's dead now, too. Old man in Force Awakens. Okay, we've gotten way off track. Okay, so anyway... Back to Christopher Plummer. I mean, I feel like we're done with Christopher Plummer anyway. We should move on. Because we're going on to me, who was the clear winner, and I don't think there ever would have been any argument, Christian Bale on the fighter. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, Christian Bale was... um, Okay, so he's... Okay. A revelation. Sorry, back to that Max guy. He's the guy from The Exorcist. Anyway. Oh. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, Christian Bale on the fighter was a wonderful performance. Again, it's almost like he's bordering lead... But he ended up not being in it for a chunk at one point, so I'm like, fine. Every scene um, he was in, I was drawn to him. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, he's also, he's a comedian in it, and he's sad in it, and like... Well, remember that one scene where he said, wedge just because he's from Boston? Yeah, like, <laughs> let's just say it. And like, he was so, like, hopeful, but at the same time, a little delusional about his own life. To That's me, my cat, everyone, that you can hear. Hi, hi Alfred. Alfred. This is Alfred Cat. What do you think about Christian Bale in The Fighter? Um, yeah, I think... He was, it it was, there was so much going on there in terms of how he was really at rock bottom, but was working up towards it. And so you see him like physically going through these horrible trials, but at the same time, that hope is still there in his eyes, that love for his brother, even if he's not always going to write for his brother, it was beautiful. I mean, To me, his best instance of acting was the very end where he started crying, holding his brother on the couch. Oh, yeah. Well, that yeah. was really great. Because to me, that kind of, like, defied everything that he set up Dickie to be, which is, like, this really, really delusional, overly hopeful, falsely hopeful guy who keeps telling everyone something that he even knows isn't true. And he's just like, my brother's nothing without me, my brother's nothing without me. And then the final instance is he's just like, my brother's everything, and I didn't even help him, and he started crying. Yeah. Loved it. And again, he has a physical transformation, which is annoying. I just don't care. He does it in a way that isn't Jared Leto, where it is respectable and healthy. Was it? I mean, not... not it doesn't look healthy. It's not like The Machinist, where he weighed like less than 100 pounds. It didn't look healthy. It looked know. very unhealthy. Well, also, how do you become a drug addict without losing a lot of weight? Which is what Rayon and You just... It's, it's a movie. You pretend. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to make everything look real. But, like, compared to, like... I guess this is probably my theater background, where I'm like, you just make it work. You know, like... Okay, listen. But on stage, no one's actually looking at you through a scrutinous camera lens. They can see details. But when is there a limit? Because there used to be films, and people used to just not do that. They used to just not do that. And everything was fine, and everyone just... It's when people started pushing the envelope. It's when everyone started suspending their disbelief, and understanding that it's it's not real. Mm -hmm. He didn't look just... Well, then why didn't he just get plastic surgery to look just like him? You know what I mean? Like It's a lot of money for one role. Well, he has it. <laughs> like, I just don't get it, personally. I don't think that people should be... I think, like, losing a little bit of weight or even getting fit. Like, if, Which he did. If I was playing, like, a track star and I was like, okay, I'm going to go and work out every day. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's healthy. But I feel like to just say I'm going... To starve. Okay, anyway. So that annoys me, but oh well. His it's performance like, it's is great. His, it's his freakouts, his distant stares, his obvious shaking because he's going through withdrawal. Like, I've seen, like, on a personal level, I've seen people who are, like, addicted to drugs before, and I've seen what withdrawal looks like, and it's very scary, and he made it very scary. Oh, yeah, the stuff he did is physicality with the shaking and the... Um, yeah. 
he just seemed so small. And yeah. it was, you know, it was really touching. And it, it was hard not to feel for him and love him even when he's being a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was... Um, so that's great. I think also, so. He's just charismatic as hell, which is why you can like agree with the fact that like, even though you know he's a bad person, you still feel for him. Yeah. Yeah. So Bale wins. Right? Bale wins. Okay, great. Sorry, Christopher, Christopher Plummer. The only other movie I think I've seen you in is when you played the dad, Mr. Von Trapp in The Sound of Music. <laughs> You're good in that though, even though I know you hated it. <laughs> and he's dubbed. He is? Mm-hmm. Not his voice. Okay. Why movies do that anymore, Deb? Anyway, um, <laughs> Christoph Waltz in uh, what shall we call it? Glorious Bastards and Heath Ledger in Dark Knight. Whew, okay. So let's start with Christoph. This is a hard one. I mean, the thing is with Christoph Waltz's performance in in Glorious Bastards, it was so like this is when he does everything so small and so meticulous. You know, like, just the little tiny ways he's, like, charming with people, but he's a Nazi. And, like, a terrifying one. He does what J.K. Simmons does in the other one, where he brings you in with his really, really small niceties. I would say he does it better than J.K. Simmons. Well, yeah. Because, like, he he comes... He never really does. You know what I mean? Like, even as they're shooting a bunch of people in the floorboards, we're hiding. He is a dominating force. And and he never... He never really... You know it. I think not until the very end. You see him scream. And that's an example. Oh, we talked about this before, up. but don't blow your load too soon. And he doesn't. <laughs> that is such it's a not, analogy. It's not until at the end when he realizes that he has no clout, he has no power, and that's when he loses it. And it's like, before he was so calm, and even like, I would say he's still relatively calm even as he's hurting that poor Isn't woman. Is he also a little guy? He's like five, At least six. he seems that way. Yeah. And I think... He I mean, comes across as a little guy, but the fact that he made me terrified. Oh yeah, he's him. so scary, and I think that's that's also like a, a nod to Tarantino as well, who's mastered tension in my in my opinion. Oh yeah, and, but mean, the thing is, is that Kristoff. Well, that's the writing takes and the, the directing too, of yeah. it and elevates it because he's so unnerving. Well, and to compare it to his performance in Django, I don't really feel like. He just he rested on the material like he did in Django. I feel like yeah. he pushed the, the envelope of what that character was capable of communicating like, to the audience and to the story itself. The thing with this comparison in general is like when you think of the Joker, now you think Heath Ledger. And if you think of a Nazi, you think of Oh Christoph my gosh, he does it. He comes up all the time. When I think of a Nazi now, I'm like, oh gosh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, they, um, these two revolutionized and like... It's just set the the bar for what these roles should be. And I think he got to the heart of like what that horrible, you know, tragedy of human history yeah. is is like this idea of oh, this is a hard one. treating people like they're a game. Uh-huh. Treat, you know, because it's all kind of a game to him. It's kind of fun. His you know, like little shit eating grin that he uh-huh. always has on, and you want to hit him, but you feel afraid too. And just those details, like that one scene where he's like, "Wait for the cream," and like won't let her like put the cream on her food. You know what I mean? Like it's so like it, it, it's I don't know. it's so devastating let's to go, watch. Let's go. Let's go to Heath. Okay, so Heath Ledger. Obviously, I mean, this is one of those performances of. Just the, the of a generation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's the extreme lengths he goes to with his voice. Again, with he his... did method, method acting. He, I can't even say he did it in the right way because it got him. No, he did not do it in the right way. He did it in no. a very unhealthy way. Um, again, we're talking about, like, what lengths do you go, do you sacrifice your health? Um, and I think... Which, unfortunately, as everyone knows, this 
had the worst possible outcome. Well, yeah, that's the thing is I'm like, he, it, it ended, I mean, it's not like it's, I don't want to blame the whole, the movie right. entirely course, on, his, on his death, but I think that he created, it, he created art. He created it, the most memorable thing about the Batman franchise, Christopher Nolan's Batman franchise of all. Well, there are it's, other it's factors at play it. here also. I mean, like, yeah. it's not like if he wouldn't have done this movie, he wouldn't have had these issues. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not like he, he had drug issues before this. He had, you know, like mental health problems before this. It wasn't like... Yeah. This movie, I think that this movie, the the links that he went to to research it, though, and prepare for it, brought him there. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I, but if, if we're just talking about the performance itself and not the the real-life things that happened, I think he, I when you're him. a villain and you're a good villain, you are having so much fun. Which he, I think he was. And he, he did. Yeah. yeah. He was having so, I mean, I don't know if Heath Ledger actually was having fun, but he made me believe he was. And, like... It was just fun. Because the Joker is just having fun. It was fun to watch him. He could go up to someone and kill their kid, and I'd probably be like, <laughs> you know, like, you, you got on board with whatever he was, yeah. sort of sick stuff he was doing, because, like, you... It's like, in, say in, like, Batman the Animated Series, the Joker, while a great villain, just seems like he never had a handle on anything, and If you're going to get me to say anything bad about the Joker and the Batman animated series, it's going to be difficult. Okay, but... Because <laughs> I think that he's brilliant, and uh, Mark Hamill's brilliant. Oh, no, 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 but, no, 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 I'm, I'm not talking about the voice acting. I'm just talking about the character and how uh, it's written. With this one, even in just the way he looked at people, he always made it seem like he is a million steps ahead. And yeah. even if you're... 999,999 steps behind him, he will push you back to a million. Yes. So, okay. Just in tiny ways he looks at you. You could see everything through the makeup. All of his facial expressions. Remember, just like anything, when like he's just sitting there clapping and the giant... And the oh, yeah. Well, he's, he makes, he's a comedian, too. Like, just the jokes that come out when he's like... Yeah. When he goes up to Harvey Dent after he's like, he in the hospital bed and he goes, hi. And it's like, <laughs> it just kills me that like face where he's like, all right, I know I killed your girlfriend. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and it was just horrifying. Okay. We need to keep moving though. We're kind of getting off track here. Okay. How long have we been going? So, um, so, uh, with this one, so I honestly don't know who to pick. I and the thing is, as um, we didn't discuss this, if we can't come to a decision, then both of these people lose. Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention that. Yeah. Um, well, um, if one of us can come to a decision and one of us can't, then that person wins. It's right, only if we right, are at a deadlock right. disagreement. Um, I know who I want. I have a gut feeling of who I want. Who are you going to have? Ready? Say on three? No, you just say yours. No, on three? No, just say yours. Heath? Yeah, I was going to say Heath. Oh, thank God. We've actually agreed on everything in the first <sighs> round. That's great. Because, like, he would he would be a person I'd fight for. Yeah, and then, okay, so next round, Ledger. Oh, um, just to say one last thing, Christoph, I've loved you in everything. I'm sorry you didn't win. Because he's listening right now. I'm sorry you didn't win He's listening battle. and he cares as he sits there sucking hey, on his Oscar. Everyone is listening to us. Okay. We are important. All right. But I've loved everything he's in. I'm sorry he didn't win either round here. I mean, he's great. He's yeah. just, you know, whatever. But um, it's he's he has an Oscar. It's not like he's fine. Two. He has two. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> anyway, so Heath Ledger, because now we have five contenders, Heath Ledger automatically... Now we, are, now we are at round two. Yes, Heath Ledger automatically moves on to the next round. We justify this because there is no second place. If Heath Ledger was meant to like lose to someone in the second round, it wouldn't matter because he'd make it to the next round and lose anyways. Yes, so the earliest person moves on. Yes. So now we're at um, Mahershala Jay. Ali versus J.K. Simmons. Oh, that first. Yes. So, okay. Whew. The thing is with the next round also, we don't need to go into... We've already talked about their... Yeah. This, we've already talked about it in detail. At this point, we already have opinions. We've voiced them to you guys. And at this point, it's more just like... Not like a gut reaction, but just like we've given you the facts. You should know why we picked the next winner. Okay. So, Ali versus... Simmons. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say who I want. Okay. I want Mahershali. Me too! Okay, yeah. And my reasoning is, I think... Just the nuances. Yeah. It's not in your faceness. And J.K. Simmons didn't really take me on that same journey, and I felt like J.K. Simmons had a lot more to work with, uh-huh. and didn't bring me to those places of extreme... Those, those, those extremes that I wanted to get to, yeah. in terms of emotion, I feel like he just... It was a lot of scenes where I think he lost me mm-hmm. by doing the scream thing. And I just don't think that screaming's scary. You know, like, so I'm like, yeah, you're done. Because you explained this to me too. It's like, if you scream at someone, it's almost like you lose power. Yeah. Because you, at that, moment, that, that person was able to push you to that point. Yeah. And then also like, you just scared them. So what's the point? Like mm-hmm. when you're quiet, that's a, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. So yeah, Mahershala, I, I give it to him just because I think he, there's not a single thing that I could say that he could have done to make his performance better. Because no, I feel like with J.K. Simmons, I think real person. J.K. Simmons could have done a lot of things yeah. to make that performance better. I can't think of anything that Mahershala Ali could have done. Wait, I want to hear some things that he could have done. J.K. Simmons, yeah. I just told you. He he, oh, just, course, he went sorry. to the extremes. He was screaming. Um, he needed to he needed to pull it back. So we have Jared Leto versus Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, I said Christian Bale as well. Absolutely. And I mean, Jared Leto was great, but I just think that I. I think that Leto was pushing the stereotype sometimes. And that's the part of the reason that people were pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, was he was acting a little bit more like a drag queen than a transgender person. Well, at, I mean, what's the same? At one of that film set, late 70s, early 80s? Yeah, but does that mean that back then transgender people acted like drag queens? Do we know that for sure? I mean, we don't know that for sure, but I just felt like that he went there instead oh, of... I, I don't feel like he played her as a... I didn't feel like he played her as a woman. I think he played her as a man pretending to be a woman sometimes. Which makes sense, and I understand why that would get a lot of negative feedback. But yeah. also, it's Christian Bale, and while we're talking about that both of those two are method actors, I feel like Bale did it, not in a healthy way, but in a better way. Yeah. Yeah. He took the method, like, what is it? Not the method, but, like, the avenue that they were both going, and he did it in a way that edges him over Leto. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, Christian Bale's... Mm-hmm. Performance. All right, um, so now we have Mahershala Ali, Christian Bale, and Heath Ledger in the top three. This is our last round where we not won. the last round. Yeah, this is the last round. No, because this is this round we eliminate one. Yeah, and then well, I thought the that, next round. I thought, the last that, round. I thought that just counts towards the round. No, so this uh, is our second to last round where we, we will unfortunately person. just eliminate someone. <laughs> um. So we have. And I know who Mahershala Ali, Christian Bale, Heath Ledger. And I this know. is, I don't know, and I have to think for a minute, because I... You know what? Now that I really think about it... I just don't really know, because I feel like all three of them gave so much. If I... Okay, I have... I think if I had to eliminate right now, I'd eliminate Mahershali. 
But to me, it's either him or Heath Ledger. Yeah, I think the reason also lets everyone know who I want to win. <laughs> but I think the reason I say Mahershala Ali is because we were talking about like less is more, less is more. Unfortunately, at this point, it got to the point where we're so far down the line that I'm like, he was less transformative than the other two. Yeah, in terms of losing yourself in the role, which I don't necessarily need. Yeah, but, but I it, appreciate it. Gives them a little bit of brownie points over him. I feel like, and you just had more to work with. We have more to analyze with those two, you know. So, but the, but should but should you penalize someone for having less to work with, given the fact that he made it this far on the least to work with? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> because I, I don't, <laughs> because I don't I don't I don't have anywhere else to go with him to defend him through this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I feel like. His performance was amazing. He won an Oscar. Congratulations. But now oh, I feel like so it's good. time for him to again, go. Again, if you, if you haven't seen this movie, see it. And if you have seen it, see it again and really focus on Mahershala. Yeah, no, brilliant, I, brilliant, brilliant. I think it was great. But I I mean, <sighs> I personally would eliminate Mahershala. This is going to kill me, but I do agree that he's the one to go. Yeah. Kill the darling. Oh, no. He's great. All right. So, so uh, Christian round, Bale versus Heath Ledger. Batman versus the Joker. Oh, yeah. It happened. <laughs> Um, that I makes know, me so excited. I mean, I basically gave it away here of who I think should win. I don't know if I agree. Um, Ooh, why? Explain. Because I I just... Okay, your job is to take me on a journey, right? Right, of course. Which your job is to put me in that place, to make me feel things. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Heath Ledger did that to a much more extreme level. Mm-hmm. I felt like he redefined what I thought a performance could be and what it could do. Mm-hmm. And... And it's like, he, it, it seems like when we're looking at this, we're talking about like people resting on the writing, which I don't think that Christian Bale did rest on the writing. I'm not claiming that. But I feel like Heath Ledger did so much with nothing there. You know what I mean? Like, the actual dialogue is only a very small, minuscule part of his performance, whereas the rest of it is like these extreme uh, moments that seemed Im- improv. There's a lot of improv stuff going on there. When he blew up the hotel and he turned around. Oh, the hospital? Like, oh, sorry. Ho- uh, hospital. Okay. And he turned around, and he's freaking out, trying to press the remote again. All improv. Well, yeah, and his the, little dances that he do at different times, and like, and how he kind of almost put on a different like persona depending on what costume he was wearing. Because I felt like he had a different thing when he had the nurse's uniform on. But also, when you said doing everything with nothing, that's not true. He like had decades of things to go on, and he said, "I'm going to do something else." Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's <laughs> like it's not even like I feel like he took anything from any past performance. Despite of the having. All the tools there. Great performances of the Joker. I'm going to make something even better. Watch this. From like the Adam West series to the cartoon to Jack Nicholson. And like, he's just like, no, this is what the Joker acts like. And then a few years later where Jared Leto just ruined it. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't seen Suicide Squad. We did have two Jokers in this as well, so it's funny. I have not seen Suicide Squad, but I just know that it's terrible. (laughs) Yes. But anyway, I, and that's why I do think I want to give it to Ledger just because I feel like, and I know it's one of those moments where it's like, because it's so extreme, it's kind of hard to analyze it. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel like he redefined what I thought a performance could even be mm-hmm. and having fun with it and playing with it in such terrifying ways. The thing that you talked about here is now why I'm kind of leaning towards your decision because all the reasons that I have for Christian Bale are much more personal because he took me on much more of a personal journey than Heath Ledger did. With, like, all the comparisons that we said where it's just like, oh, this is just an exaggerated version of 
this and that and this and that and like all the like the brother relationship that I got with him and like how oh, yeah, it's beautiful. it was and like I just personally related to it. Yeah. Not that my brother is a drug addict in any way. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it definitely was. I mean, the the fighter as a whole is a more relatable film than Dark Knight. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. you have, uh, I mean, you know. But I feel like at the same time, I related to the Joker's performance, but Heath Ledger's performance as a Joker just because of that sort of like minuscule part of yourself that's giddy and loses yourself. You know, like I I related to this idea of like having too much fun or like going there and going to those extremes. I I did actually feel as though um, I, I related to him in some ways. I got him in some ways. Yeah. And also just another rough thing. For me, that I, to me, why I want Christian Bale to prevail over the Joker. Christian prevail. <laughs> Shut up. Um, it's just like, I've just, it's more instances where I got to see him interact with people and the interactions he had with each character was so different. Where you saw him be a tender, loving son to his mother. You saw him be an older brother trying to push his little brother around. You saw him be a complete stranger to Charlene. Is it Charlene? Uh, Charlene. Amy, Amy, Amy Adams. Adams yeah, whatever. Amy Adams character. Where it's so that thing where it's like you know that she's basically a part of the family at this point, but you don't really know her yet. And you're trying to, at this point, just, like, apologize. And he had this little slunch in his shoulders where he's just uh, like, I'm approaching uh, you and I want your apology, even though every president you've seen with me, I'm this bombastic asshole. Like, every single... It just seems so real. And But the thing is, with Heath Ledger, you can almost argue that the Joker was one note, but he never hammered it home. And I felt like every single thing I was still just into. I didn't think he was one note. I just think that all of his notes were negative. If that makes sense. Because, like, the way that he, like, like that part where he's like, look at me with the camera. I felt like that was very note. But then sometimes it's, like, giddy evil. Sometimes it's, like, controlled evil. Sometimes it's, like... Um, almost kind of a sensual evil with the way he interacts with, like, maybe Gyllenhaal's character, you know, when he pushes his hair back and comes closer. Yeah, and, like, I feel like each one was just another form of evil. It's like Fifty Shades of Evil. But the fact that he was able to find Fifty Shades of Evil was kind of what made it interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard to decide because you don't know how much of it is just, like, the makeup and the, the costume and everything kind of it's hard to analyze him specifically. Well, he's an Oscar winner who won despite his makeup. Yeah. And Gary like, Oldman. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Ugh. But <laughs> it's... I don't know. I... I still say Christian. It, it's hard because it's like... Christian Bale's performance was definitely more... I don't know. It had... Well, I had. I mean, he was more active in the plot. Also, it's hard because the Joker's just the bad guy. <laughs> I would say he's active in the plot. Oh, he's active in the he's plot. Like the but he's like the driving force of the plot. But he's not like. Both of them are the driving forces of their own plots, of the plots of their movies. But what I'm saying, I, I should have phrased it differently. But like, he's just a consistent like antagonist, and there's nothing else going on there. You know, whereas like Christian Bale is obviously more. It, he explores a little bit more. With you know what. I'm going to concede to you. Really? Yeah. Well, now I don't know. Now you, now you shifted me. I no, did? I'm just kidding. I was going to say, because now that I really think about it, 
if we're talking about the best actor of the deck, the best supporting actor of the decade, are we going to go to someone who gave the best performance of the year? Or are we going to go to someone who reinvented a character that we grew up with and now we see him as that example? I guess that's true. And it, yeah, that's another good thing again, to add to it. Because again, Christopher Nolan had nothing to do with Heath Ledger's character. Well, I think, yeah, that, that's the thing is we'll never... He made it on his own. Forget. I feel like The Fighter, which was a great movie... People aren't like still talking about Christian Bale on the fighter. Yeah, and whereas also, like people will never stop talking about Heath Ledger we, as the Joker. Never stop and about the that. thing is, like even people who don't sit there and analyze acting were noticing his choices. Yeah, and they were noticing what was going on. And I felt like it was a performance that was for people who are like thinkers and like to sit down like we do and just like talk about Oscars forever. Mm-hmm. But I felt like people who had no really like experience watching, and you know, like at least critiquing film, mm-hmm. you know, like. We're obsessed with this performance. God, he was so good. And like, I think about that scene where he's in the, the when he's doing the confession. Mm-hmm. Not, he's not confessing, but they're trying to get confession out of him. And just how he like for a minute stops the character. You know what I mean? Like stops like the Joker persona, and then like, but it's still like not a sane person. Um, yeah, I'm gonna stick with Ledger. Okay, great. So the winner of. Thunderdome Best Supporting Actor is Heath Ledger for Dark Knight, the first one, the first performance that happened, and then ten years later, we haven't gotten one we liked better. Hooray! Yeah, he was good. I wish he was still with us. Yes. Uh, um, what a great, just what a great actor. What oh a great performance. Really good. All right, and, well, and oh. just so everyone knows, I went into this trying to get Christian Bale to win, and I just, I couldn't. I, couldn't I went into this hoping that. it would be Christian Bale versus Heath Ledger. Yes! So it could be Batman <laughs> versus Joker. Oh, and also so everyone knows, we don't discuss this prior. So yeah, this just happens. This just happens. All right. Thank you all for listening to our podcast. Uh, please. Join us again um, next time. Well, yeah, please. Uh, also, if you like what we're doing, rate it. If you don't like what we're doing, don't rate it. Like and subscribe. And um, <laughs> please, uh, yeah, subscribe. Oh, we're going to have some more Thunderdome episodes, but also some prediction episodes. Ooh, um, the Oscars are coming in like how many months at this point? It's getting close. And we're going to be analyzing uh, different movies with how they'll do and making our own Oscar predictions. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty damn good at it. There are, there are some people now who I'm like, they should get an Oscar nom. Emily Blunt, Quiet Place, please. Yes. So we'll be getting <laughs> into that. And thank you for listening. All right. Goodbye. Have a good day. Goodbye.